fantastic. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 52, as always. Mm. I am one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined my two good buddies and co-hosts, Jesse Cox, is already shaking his head. No, I don't even know why. By the end by the end of this, he's going to be shaking his head. Yes. Ooh. I remember today was an Alex episode, and I'm pre-judging <laughs> it. Get ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I was you don't even realize the road that you're on right now. I'm excited, dude. Speaking of, our other co-host, Alex Fasciani. What's up, my man? Hey, what's up? Hey. How are you? It has been like two months since you've done one of your episodes. It has. Uh, and in that whole time, all I've been thinking about is the Patreon that we have here <laughs> oh on the Chilean Pod. Even, oh, my even, God. I didn't sling you anything for that. There was... I know. You don't need to <laughs> sling oh anything to me. I'll sling it right here from me, Alex himself, the, the Tangerine LaCroix boy himself. Please sign up for our Patreon. It's really all we have. So come on down. Get your free mini sh- mini-sode every episode. It's good shit. It's good shit. It has gone Patreon. a long com. way. We have a researcher now uh, who's part of the team, which is fantastic permanently. So, you know, those deep dives are just, uh, they're going to be coming and they're not going to be stopping. Just like me in bed at 18. Whoa. What part? Coming and not stopping? That's just what happens, dude, when the hormones hit and puberty's Everybody happening. Everybody's making jizz jokes. Can't, what is can't. happening right now? <laughs> this is Everybody's what aliens have done to jizz. me, dude. And this is what the greys have done. I don't blame it on the greys. Don't do that. Don't blame your thirst on the grays. No, 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 no. Did you see the J-O-I nut butter? (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) Or nut milk? I did. J-O-I nut milk? I I didn't realize the extent of how funny that was until I was was like, J-O-I nut butter. Like, it all came (laughs) together. Like, that's dirty as shit. I, I can't believe it. Listen, if they want to sponsor the podcast, open arms, dude. I don't on. want them to sponsor this podcast. Open arms. The open last thing I need to be eyes. associated with more nut butter weird stuff. Maybe JY maybe J-Y nut Joy butter boy. is the Gray's <laughs> end game. This is the Gray's end game. They're just reselling it back to I don't need, okay, I don't need my picture associated with this stuff. Then all the incels on the internet will come after me. I don't like <laughs> as far as people that could come after you, let it be the incels. That's like having the orcs come after you. It's like, what, what's going to happen? <laughs> You're right. Anyway, we know you're right. Everyone will supporting... rally to my cause. I'll have we know who the good guys and... are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for supporting the Patreon, everybody. <laughs> You've allowed this to become like our thing now. It's fantastic. We're just gonna keep putting out good ass shit like this episode. Please don't disappoint me, Alex. I won't. <laughs> I just sold you to these people. Okay. So I'm I'm ready. I mean, look, I be- I went deep. I read a book for this. Whoa! Like, you this read is a the book? real deal. I read a whole book for this. I read a whole book for this? Usually usually the stuff that I'm, like, researching, it's, like, too new to be a book. Yeah, but... you end up in, like, the HTML code of a website to determine yeah. whether or not they're pedophiles my, or assassins. My my book is, like, archive.org, like, web <laughs> yep. archives. Um, but to this time, way too old of a mystery for archive.org and... A big enough mystery that it definitely merits many books. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of James Dean's car. That's right. I, I mean, I, I give a shout. I'm pumped, but Je- Jesse kind of like any idea. He went like he Can went you, from like I just wanna, disbelief I, to processing to like. Well, acceptance. what I was processing is that before we started, Mathis was like, "I think Alex is going to do a thing about Jimmy Dean's car," and in my mind, I was thinking the sausage <laughs> like, oh, guy. <laughs> Sorry, I did not even think of that. So when you so when you said James Dean, I was like, oh, this is an entirely different story. You're like, what happened to the guy with the delicious pork breakfast sausage? I can't. This better not be a milkshake duck. Yeah. I was like, Jimmy Dean. All right. Oh, I can't wait to hear yeah. what Jimmy Dean has to do with this. No. <laughs> breakfast Dean. aside, we are talking about James Dean's car. Big shout out to the article, The Death of James Dean by UnderworldTales.com. Cursed Cars by Craig Fitzgerald at BestRide.com. And James Dean Spider by Deb Andres at hauntedvehicles.com. And last but not least, the book James Dean, The Mutant King by David Dalton, which is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, If you like James Dean, definitely worth a read. Uh, I I just came at this kind of out of nowhere because I remember this mystery from a ways back. And when you guys said the other day that you hadn't really heard about this, I just thought it was a perfect subject matter for like a weird little episode. So I just figured, you know, why not? Let's do it, right? Okay. I mean, so that's let's... kind of the show in a nutshell, right? Like, why, why not? not? Let's, let's do, it. do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll like, look, I'm just the, the truth is I'm daunted by JFK and it's taken me a really long time. And the fact that I could just slurp this one out all good. <laughs> uh, so, OK, so definitely let's just get into it. Definitely your parents will know James Dean from like just being around and him being like a huge figure in normal pop culture. But like nowadays in like the 2020s, unless you're like a film buff or you're like some weird teenager who's like expressing themselves by falling in love with like a teen idol from 70 years ago, you probably only know the basics, which is this. The thing is I can like James... think of one girl in my high school. I know who there's was always that, one that person. There's always one who's yeah. got like the like old teen idol from the 60s or 50s. Yeah. It's it's a weird vibe. Shout outs to those people for holding it down. Hell yeah. Weird alive. James Dean, as you know, was a famous actor from the 1950s. He was in probably the the one everybody knows is Rebel Without a Cause, uh, but he was also in uh, East of Eden and a movie called Giant. And literally, that is all the movies that he was in. Uh, maybe he had something to do with Marilyn Monroe. I'm not sure. Maybe that's just an association that I have based on seeing him in like a million murals in Hollywood. Mm. I don't know. Uh, also possible. That's very very true. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Uh, but finally. Uh, and most importantly for us here today at the Chiluminati, he is perhaps most famous for dying when he was just 24 years old on September 30th, 1955. So let me just take you through that day real quick and what happened on that day, and then we'll get into what is so strange about this, okay? If you'll indulge me. It was a beautiful, if slightly chilly morning that day, okay, at Competition Motors in Hollywood. And I looked this up, and it's actually just... A couple blocks up on Vine Street from where the Cinerama Dome is by Amoeba Records. I was about to say, does that still that exist? Uh, Competition Motors does not exist, but uh, it's it's right there. Like you can go right to this spot um, on Vine Street, and James Dean was there, and he was hanging out with a former Luftwaffe pilot uh, who was a factory trained Porsche mechanic uh, by the name of Rolf Wutherick. Okay. Okay. Good and the Rolf. reason that he was. The reason that he was at Competition Motors that beautiful morning in Hollywood was that he had just purchased one week before a brand new, rare, one of 92 ever exist, 1955 Porsche 550 Spider. Can we make that appear on the Patreon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can get that car. <laughs> uh, he... Uh, he, he, he bought it allegedly on the 23rd of September. Some people are saying maybe on the 21st of September based on my source, but I'm pretty sure it was the 23rd. Um, and he took it in uh, almost immediately to be spruced up by a man whose name is George Barris. And that's somebody you probably don't know offhand who he is, but you definitely know his work because he is a super famous car customizer uh, whose like, trademark uh, is that he eventually went on to make the iconic adam west batmobile oh shit but this but this was not like that james dean was not into that shit he was into the cool shit he was into the real deal stuff so he did his he did his car up any 24 year old would be dude i'm serious uh and it was a porsche spider but you want to okay side side note about george barris he like low-key got in trouble recently like maybe like 10 years ago for like putting all these other like movie cars in his shop like he had like a delorean and all these other things and people were like, "You didn't make this. <laughs> like you, like these aren't your stuff." Then get back, But I don't know. I look. I didn't go too deep into George Barris beyond like how he relates to this case. And honestly, it's a lot. Uh, but but uh, I didn't go into like his personal life too much. Uh, but yeah, James Dean wanted a racing car, so he went to George Barris and he he wanted a classy one. So he added like some red tartan wool seats to the car, like that Scottish wool he added like red stripes on the rear like wheel wells of the porsche and if you look up a porsche spider 1955 this is a cool car it's like a nice little silver bullet of a car it looks really cool um he he had the red stripes on the wheel wells and then he got lettering done like bespoke lettering done uh by dean jeffries who not as popular as george barris's batmobile but dean jeffries who did the lettering on this car was also the man who built the monkey mobile which is something that definitely only your parents know. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah it has to do with the monkeys. Like, yeah. hey, hey, we're the monkeys. <laughs> yeah. Which was a band that was like a corporate ripoff of the Beatles that 
it was okay. Don't it doesn't matter. The point <laughs> is that guy wrote on the car. He wrote the number one thirty, which was his racing number. Uh, he wrote it across the hood of the car, over the engine cover, on the doors, and then most importantly, just under the Porsche emblem that's like just above the license plate on the back of the car, he also wrote a nickname that Dean received from legendary stuntman uh, and dialect coach on Giant, Bill Hickman. Uh, that would eventually infamously come to describe the car itself much more than the man inside. And that name was Little Bastard. Huh. Okay. And I'm gonna here's a quote from Bill Hickman about that name. He said, In those final days, racing was what he cared about most. I've been teaching him things like how to put a car in a four wheel drift, but he had plenty of skill of his own. If he had lived, he might have become a champion driver. We had a running joke. I'd call him Little Bastard, and he'd call me Big Bastard. I never stopped thinking of those memories. <laughs> Which, honestly, I'm getting like a serious like Leo, DiCaprio, yeah. Brad Pitt sure, vibe from yeah, this. Yeah. Um, which I love. Um, so the plan was for this weekend, uh, you know, brand new car. He's feeling good. He's been like really into racing, obviously. Plan for the weekend was to pack the car into a trailer that he was going to take uh, behind his 1955 Country Squire station wagon, which if you look that up, it's like an idyllic 1950s, like woody sided station wagon car, uh, beautiful car uh, and caravan up north to Salinas, which is like over by like Monterey Bay up north uh, with Wutherick, the Luftwaffe Porsche guy uh, who was teaching him about the car. Uh, a photographer called Sandy Roth, who was like just trying to take pictures because it was hyped that James Dean was going to go do this race, uh, and Hickman himself, and they were going to like a road race uh, in Salinas, uh, you know, nice sort of like isolated place to like go fast on some roads. Uh, but at the last minute, Wutherick decided that being brand new, the Porsche might need a little breaking in because ideally you want to have your car at like 1,500 miles. As about. somebody who knows nothing about cars, why? I I guess it just gives everything a chance to like settle in and gotcha. like you know like I listen to of... like an awful lot of car talk. Like it's just yeah, great. I show. love that show. Uh, and even though it's been off the air for a while now, they do reruns as a podcast. And Ooh, so okay. one of the things they constantly say on there, and I think I've heard this. I don't know that it's true at all, but like if you get a new car. You're supposed to just not immediately jump on the highway. You're supposed to, like, drive it around a little bit and, like, let everything kind of warm up and get used to the fact that – I have no idea if that's true or if it's just something it people have done for years and they just keep doing it. Because there's a lot of things like, um, you know, people will say let your car warm up in the winter. Yes, yes. And originally cars had to do that. But now modern cars, you can just start and go. That makes but sense. But people still do it because they're like dad – or dad's dad told them oh, yeah. that. That's something I so even still do to this day without realizing, like, I don't need to actually anymore. Because really like, I don't want to yeah. hurt the engine if I don't let it warm up and let but everything, But it's one of those things where, like, the engine now is designed to handle that. But before yeah. it wasn't. Right. So it's, you know, who knows if it's true to this day that you can't sure. just, like, get off the lot and then drive it away. But uh, that, back definitely then. back then, yeah, okay, for that sure. Makes sense. Yeah, and not to mention this is, like, a very rare sort of, like, precision instrument racing car. So right. there was an element of that to it. And the car only had about 150 miles on it. <clears throat> so he was like, I need to have, like, ten times that much. So I might as well drive it up. So uh, they decided to do that. Dean decided to get into the rhythm by driving it himself because he also wanted to, like, groove with the car, I guess. And then he brought Wutherick with him in the passenger seat uh, to give him, like, pointers as he drove. Um, which left Hickman and Roth following slowly behind them in the station wagon with the trailer. So they still brought all that stuff, probably because on the way back they were going to throw the car in or whatever, you know, like looking good. And uh, <clears throat> according to the very detailed account of this that they have in the book, The Mutant King, the whole group, the whole group all four of them, after having lunch with <clears throat> James Dean's dad and uncle uh, across the street at a coffee shop, Hell yeah. the, the foursome left together in a caravan uh, from a coffee shop at around 1.15 p.m. And I don't know if you understand this distance, <clears throat> but uh, it only took them from Hollywood to get out to about Bakersfield. Only took them about two and a half hours, uh, which is pretty crazy. Like, you know, you, mu you know they were going fast. Uh, and we also, like, double confirmed that they were going fast because at 3.30 p.m., uh, a CHIPS patrolman by the name of O.V. Hunter 
stopped both cars to write them speeding tickets. So not yeah, so only he was, was ripping the down the road. Yeah, so Dean got one for going 65 and a 55, which is just 10 miles over the limit. Though in the 50s, that's a little bit more hardcore than it is now because cars were like just barely. Right. Most cars were just barely cresting over that. Uh, Hickman got an even worse ticket, though, because he was going 45 miles per hour. But because he had a trailer attached to the car, that's like you're only supposed to go 25 miles an hour. So he got a ticket like even worse than James Dean's for going slower. Uh, but the timing is the most significant part of all, because considering the different distance traveled in such a short time, while they got some relatively tame tickets, it's like Dean was hitting speeds of over 100 miles an hour sometimes when he was out there to, to make that time. Right? That's so, scary, man. I've been in a car. God, <laughs> when I was in high school, story time, I used to go and I used to carpool because it was we, we'd like uh, go into my private school it was like 30 to 45 minutes away from where I lived at the time. because My parents were terrified of putting me in the public school of where we lived <clears throat> and there was only one other kid in the area who went to that private school and so my parents had work so we would do uh do carpools and i would be terrified on the days that i'd have to get carpooled by her dad because her dad would with every single time at six o'clock in the morning going over a hundred miles an hour Jesus. bobbing and weaving between traffic to get us there in about 20 minutes <laughs> every Damn. single morning and he was in like a one of those like I wouldn't even call it a race car, but it's like one of those slicker Chryslers that was like red, of course, and it had like a spoiler on the back and shit. You know, some middle aged man's idea of of speedy race car. It was horrifying. I used to go up to five from California to like Washington pretty quick, but I'm not gonna reveal my speed <laughs> because it's embarrassing. <laughs> All right. I was pulling I was pushing I was pushing over hundred miles per hour in a minivan. Whoa, good God. I've never uh like been caught for speeding like the one actually it's a lie the one time i got pulled over for speeding was i was trying to follow my dad and i got caught and he like had to come back and then he got in an <laughs> argument with the officer because he was like oh my son wasn't speeding and then the minute the officer left he's like what were you doing going so fast i'm like i was following you what the, fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell but uh dad i i learned that based like i understand how people can get caught speeding not even thinking about it now, especially in higher-powered cars. Like, for most of my life, I had, like, a clunker. And when it would hit 60, it would start shaking, right? <laughs> but uh, The ride is too smooth now, yeah. Yeah, and now, even I'll, going I'll from, like, look down, it's, like, 85. I'm like, how the hell that even happened? Going, even riding my Corolla, which is, like, 2016 Corolla, which is still not that old. I recently rented a sports car <clears throat> for a few days, uh... You would hit eighty and go. Wait, why? Am, wh how? You're, how? How? When about you drive, it doesn't feel like you're going no. that fast. No. And then you so look buff, down, you're like ninety yeah. three. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, slow down. Because thankfully the in LA, is, like, there's no way you're doing that unless it's like two a.m. quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> unless yeah, unless it's literally a pandemic keeping people off the road. <laughs> Sorry to tangent. Uh, Continue. No, no, no. Uh, it's all good. Uh, so they got the tickets. It took them a really short amount of time to get to Bakersfield area. And then a little while later, they stopped for drinks at a charming little rest stop on Highway 46. There's your problem. Called, called Blackwell's Corner. Okay, Don't drink and, and drive. This is well, no. Yeah. I know. it's Well, I mean, I don't. the only thing that it, it, it's on record that James Dean actually drank there was like a huge cold glass of milk. Which I think is like the most James so Dean thing I've yeah. ever yeah. heard in my yeah. entire it's life. It's like so yes. badass. Yeah. Uh, but... Even today, if you go to that rest stop at Blackwell's Corner, they have like a big sign, big mural of James Dean. It says James Dean's last stop. You can dine at the Forever Young restaurant. You can grab some fudge at East of Eden Fudge Factory. Oh, my God. Uh, to wow. memorialize him while you pee <laughs> on the side of the road somewhere. God, capitalism, man. Look what happens. Uh, Dude, also, what, there, what do you think? Uh, according to the Google Images, there's a Dust Bowl like educational display with oh, a very wow. scary fake old lady. All right. But that you know is what? Unrelated. You, the three of us, get into an accident and we all die. Uh, what whoa, do they put? Whoa! No, no, no. Okay, what do they put you two up die, to memorialize? Tell us? the story. Thanks. What? 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 Where, what? Where do they? What do they put up? Yeah. What? Do, what? What ends up going up to memorialize our deaths? A uh, rotting cow corpse. What the? Fu wow. <laughs> I don't want to die with y'all. That's what's gonna happen. It's a Chiluminati. It's like a Chiluminati. Like Ew, roadside memorial <laughs> yeah, associated what? with that <laughs> mutilated cattle with a with a pyramid. I was hoping for that. like Mothman's Maid Cafe. You no. know, along that what line. the hell is what? 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 Our expectations that's us. That's of a... post death. I want like 
I want like a, a subtle but tasteful like display at the crash site. I want a giant bronze anal suppository. What? <laughs> what? Well, of alien design. <laughs> what the? F- what the hell's the matter with? I feel like it gets across my it, it gets across my interests and my uh, out there sense of humor. I don't want to be part of this. I need to live through this. These these improv scenes. I'm I'm not I'm afraid now. I want man. you to know now that I know if I'm ever in a life threatening situation with you two, I will try so hard to live. Because if I die, <laughs> and this is what I have to look forward to. Oh my god, I will fight with every last ounce of my strength to live through that situation. I a must framed, live. A framed picture of me vomiting at a party. No, I will. All right, doesn't matter. Yo, can I Andrew fight. WK show up and play live. a song? That's I. You know what? I'm into that. If he's down, I'm down. I'm dead, but you know, if he's <laughs> down. If he's alive, I'm dead. All right. Anyway, I'm going crazy. While they were there at the uh, Blackwell's Corner rest stop, <clears throat> they happened to run into the heir of the War- the Woolworths fortune, a man named Lance Reventlow, and his racing driver Bruce Kessler who were also on the way to the races uh, in Reventlow's Mercedes-Benz 300 SL Coupe, which is a very sexy car <laughs> Yeah, as well. wow. And that, because he, they met them, that is how we know that at 5.15 p.m. that day, that's when James Dean, Wutherick, Hickman, and Roth, the photographer, continued their journey heading west on Highway 46 towards Paso Robles, about 5.15. About a half hour later, heading the other way, which was east, in a black and white 1954 Tudor Coupe. Tudor Coupe. Was, was a 23-year-old student from Cal Poly. And listen, I know that I haven't gotten into the possible paranormal elements of this episode yet. I'm but so to excited. me and many other people who have written art- articles about this online, it is very strange, though unrelated, that this guy's name just happened to be Donald Turnup Speed. Literally, his name was the one word, the word turn, then up, then speed, all condensed into one word. Donald, turn up speed. That's insane. That is crazy. Uh, anyway, Mr. Turn Up Speed was making a left on Route 41. <laughs> I love how you keep saying it that way when you definitely know his name was like, turn up at a speed. <laughs> that motherfucker's name is Turn Up Speed. There is <laughs> no mistaking it, dude. Turn up at a speed. Like, you definitely had a different name. Why do you sound like, like the spaghetti guy? <laughs> and you're like, Mr. Nobody touch turn my spaghetti. Up Speed. <laughs> Dude, Donald. His first name is Donald. There's no way his name's like a Donald. No, no, you, but you'd be like, Donald, turn up speed. Yeah. Donald, Donald, turn up, turn up speed. speed. <laughs> Donald, speed. turn up speed. Uh, he was making a left on Route 41. James Dean, who was very excited about the idea of racing around in his brand new car, he was likely going about 85. He swerved to avoid, but instead he fucked up. He failed to get out of the way, and it caused them to slam into each other head on. Damn. Which sent Turn Up Speed's car th- going 39 feet in the direction he was coming, Damn. straight backwards. Jesus after getting Christ. Smacked. So if you can imagine going one direction and getting hit so hard by something going the other way that it sent you backwards while you that had momentum just means going the other way. He was going th- like the speed he was going versus the speed Turn Up at a speed was going <laughs> is like crazy. Crazy level yeah. difference, and you basically just add them together. You know what I mean, like to to get the the force with which it hit. Yeah. Uh, and also, I'm not sure if you know this about old cars. Maybe you're a car person, maybe you're not. But especially a car like a 1954 Tudor Coupe. If you have a second, look up this car because uh, Google it or something. It's not a big uh, car. Yeah. Well, it's not a big car, but if you look at it, it looks like it's like from Batman the Animated Series. It's like that type of car, like one of those shaving razor looking cars. And essentially, that just means it's like a huge, heavy piece of solid metal. It's like a bullet. Like cars today are designed when you hit someone to like evaporate. Like the car. Yeah. Well, they're cheap. They're cheap little like car. You know, it's like pre war car. Like. This thing is a big, heavy piece of metal. So yeah. when it comes into contact with a ch- like a super expensive, precise, extra light racing car like James yeah. Dean's 1955 Porsche 550 Spider, it's like hitting a can, a soda can with a baseball bat. You know what I mean? Like you're <laughs> yeah. just. Uh, according to uh, HauntedVehicles.com and the Mutant King, someone at the scene referred to the car as looking like a crumpled pack of cigarettes. Sure, oh, it's pretty damn. fucking wild. And actually, you can look up pictures of the crash if you want. But I don't advise it because it is very nasty crash. I've yeah, I've seen some. <laughs> yeah, 
It's it's pretty bad. Uh, Wutherick, the Luftwaffe guy, was thrown from the vehicle. He broke his jaw and his leg and had some internal injuries, and he was taken in the hospital with James Dean. But he nevertheless lived. And Turn Up Speed, uh, thanks to his enormous metal car, literally walked away from this with nothing but a scratched nose. Damn. He even, like he, he refused medical attention. He didn't need it. He was totally fine, uh, <clears throat> which is crazy. Uh, but James Dean was not so lucky. He was pinned in the car with a broken neck and heavy internal bleeding. And by the time he got to the hospital with Wutherick at 6.20 p.m., he was pronounced dead on arrival. Uh, it was pretty, pretty fucking crazy. Uh, here's another quote from the stuntman, uh, Bill Hickman. It's pretty messed up. He said, we were about two or three minutes behind him. I pulled him out of the car, and he was in my arms when he died. His head fell over. I heard the air coming out of his lungs the last time. Didn't sleep for five or six nights after that. Just the sound of the air coming out of his lungs. Pretty fucking nutty. Jesus. Yeah, he, um, it, it was it was because of crashes like this that they started to be like, we need to make driving safer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no it's shit. It's crazy because- <laughs> It, like, okay, just to give you an idea of, like, where we're at with this, uh, like, this was, like, the thing that happened. Yeah. Like, this was, like, a big deal. James Dean was, like, fucking famous. You know what I mean? Like, this was, like, this would be, like, if, like, like Adam Driver just died today, yeah. like, randomly. Like, somebody that everybody knows. You know what I mean? Crazy. But I know what else you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, Alex... Why in the fuck did you just tell me this super sad fucking story about an, a legend, an American legend dying in a car wreck? Isn't this a podcast about weird mysteries and unexplained Here phenomenon? We <laughs> well, yes. Well, yes, it is, my boys. I do believe it is. I'm ready. Which is I'm ready. why I'm ready. I'm ready. we're going to get into that shit right now. And so, submitted for the approval of the <laughs> Illuminati Society, I call the rest of this story The Curse. Of the little bastard. And now you know Ooh. the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, as you can imagine, okay, Rebel Without a Cause, a generation-defining movie for teenagers. Basically invented teenagers for people. Like, the, the teenagers that we know today were pretty much sprang out of the idea of them from that movie, Rebel Without a Cause. This movie did not come out till about one month after James Dean died in this car wreck. So think about that. East so of Eden this is was like uh, Heath Ledger, Dark Knight. Yep. Yes, exactly like that. Except in the minds of these teenagers that are watching this, this is like such an extremely romantic way for him to die. Like Heath Ledger was like fucked up because he like lost himself in the Joker and did a bunch of drugs or whatever he did. And it's like, you don't want to think about that. But James Dean was like the real rebel without a cause. He just drove off and died following his dream, being free. You know, like that's where people's heads were at. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, totally I can crazy. see that. I can see that jump to that conclusion. If, yeah. Especially if you're a kid, he was only in three movies. Yeah. Wow. Uh, in like two years, but it immediately catapulted him to like legendary status in pop culture. Uh, and as is often the case when celebrities know other celebrities who have died and then go on to write their memoirs, stories began to surface of mm. people having dark premonitions about the car. Even in just the short week that Dean owned it, hinting that beneath its sport custom exterior lies something else, something darker. Satan symbol, ritualistic, something possibly even evil. Woo! Uh, for an example, while joyriding the car in L.A. the day he bought it on September twenty third, nineteen fifty five, he ran into the man himself, Obi Wan Kenobi, Alec Guinness, oh, outside shit. of a restaurant. <clears throat> And here's the thing about this. Like, normally, whatever. Al Guinness, also very popular at this time. This was, like, when he was, like, kind of a hot guy, right? He was kind of, like, good-looking. This was, like, 22 years before Star Wars, right? Mm. He's looking good. He's, like, a distinguished gentleman. Uh, he actually was so affected by meeting James Dean that day that he actually wrote about it in some private diaries. Uh, so we have a quote from it right here. Damn. The sports car looks sinister to me. <laughs> Exhausted. Hungry. Feeling a little ill-tempered in spite of Dean's kindness, I heard myself saying in a voice I could hardly recognize as my own, Luke, no, I'm just <laughs> please, never get in it. If you get in that car, you'll be found dead in it by this time next week. <laughs> that was very specific of his voice for one. I'm glad yeah, he had premonition at yeah. such clarity. Uh, and obviously, as we know, he literally died one week later. Could it could it also be that this man is seeing a roaring engine of a sports car for the first time? <laughs> and it, it could be scary. like I mean, 
looking at a 25 year old dude with like all the money and status in the world and he's like got this crazy demon car that he's like i'm gonna go ride it around <laughs> it's like vroom, vroom. yeah like obviously that's like good enough to give like an old like like sort of like together british guy a start yeah right? of course but if this was just him, if this was just Obi-Wan Kenobi using the Force one time in real life, this would not be material for the pod. So I'm going to give true. you a couple right, other course. weird... Oh, yeah. If yeah, that was it, if you, Alex was like, well, fuck, you debunked it, and the story, you're right, I got Yeah, go. wow, that's crazy. See you guys later. Uh, no, but here's a few other signs that this wasn't just a fluke and that people were actually picking up bad vibes from the little bastard. Ursula Andress. She's a Swiss actress who was in James Bond. She was Dean's girlfriend at the time of his death. She was there, present at the dealership when he purchased the car. She refused to get inside it. Said it made her fucking freaked out and she wouldn't even get in it with him to go home. Uh, also, famous singer, sex symbol, Catwoman, Yzma from The Emperor's New Groove. Eartha Eartha Kitt. Kitt. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. She was said. She was said to have, quote, expressed feelings of unease around the spider. She said that it was fucked up. And then Nick Adams, who might be actually the real guy that Leo was based off of in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was a television cowboy and a close friend of Dean's and Elvis Presley. He brought up that he was concerned about a bad feeling he was having about the car. But Dean brushed it off, allegedly even saying, I am destined to die in a speeding car in response to the warning. Uh, and mentality then, like uh, that. I know, right? And then another babe that James Dean was dealing with uh, was somebody named Myla Nurmi, who was the actress who played Vampira on TV, the Ooh. original Elvira, like that Elvira kind of Oh, like, wow. Yeah, I'm looking That's at cool. it right now. Yeah, she was supposedly so worried about something happening to him in The Little Bastard that she left a note on his windshield telling him to be careful. Uh, uh, and then even on the day, Wutherick himself was quoted in his own words at about 3 p.m., on his way to Blackwell's Corner, he told Dean, don't go too fast. Don't try to win. The Spider is something quite different from the Speedster, which was G Dean's old Porsche. Don't drive to win. Drive to get experience. And yet, in the end, none of that made a difference. Um, they um, couldn't um, stop um. the little bastard from claiming its first victim. But what's worse oh boy. is that it <laughs> wouldn't be its last. <gasps> That's right. So here's so 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 far, are you getting evil car vibes from this? Are you feeling I'm, like maybe I'm feeling it? Up? I'm feeling it like kinda, Harold might need to have a ride in this car. I don't think that he's allowed in the car. I think I think I think if we're talking about power of of paranormal objects, I feel like the little bastard might be like too much for Harold. Yeah, I think he might be like one of the top tier boys. I don't know, man, because Harold remember Harold kills by car. He kills That's true, by vehicle. He, but he just cuts the brakes. But this car, right. like, okay, let. Let's just get into it. Here, right, we're, gonna, right. we're just going to get into the other victims of this car that we know about. Okay. Uh, shortly after the crash, George Barris, the Batmobile guy, he bought the wreckage for about $2,500. Some say that he did that so that he could sell tickets to see it. But the only thing that he ever actually did with it, and it's funny that you said this, Jesse, was that he actually lent it to the CHP, the Highway Patrol, as part of, like, safety exhibits so that you could, like, Take they take it to like a school and the kids would walk by and they'd be like, see oh, that? See the that's crumpled fucking... car? Yeah, they'd be like, that's James Dean's car, assholes. Fucking wear your seatbelt and don't speed, right? Uh, but when he was first transporting it back to his shop in LA, the little bastard allegedly slipped off the trailer that it was on and broke a mechanic's leg. Jesus. Okay, so right out, right out the <laughs> gate, bad juju, right? Barris then sold off some parts of the engine and chassis that worked still, to two doctors who were also prospective racers, a Dr. Troy McHenry and a Dr. William Eskrid, okay? On October 21st, 1956, just about a year later, while racing their cars on the same day and the same race in their cars that each had pieces of the little bastard inside, Dr. McHenry's poor spider spun out and killed him instantly when it slammed into a tree. And Dr. Eskrid's car rolled over and, uh, like, his car rolled going around a curve, and he was injured and in critical condition for a long time. Same day, same race, same parts from the same car, right? Uh, Barris, so the they other just, like, part... they just spread the evil? Like, each individual piece is just as powerful as the whole? You, I don't, I, I don't propose to know what <laughs> Jesus. I'm just saying, what I'm just saying. governing this car. <laughs> I'm just reporting the facts as I know them. <laughs> 
The only other part of the, the car that had ever been sold off by anyone were two tires uh, that Barris sold the tires because they're, you know, racing tires, kind of expensive. Sold them to a young man from New York. Uh, both tires blew simultaneously uh, while the guy was driving around and ran him off the road into a ditch. So that's another thing that happened. Uh, a weird, obsessive fan-type person tried to steal the steering wheel from inside the wreckage Damn. while it was uh, kept away in storage, and he ripped his arm open Jeez. on a jagged piece of metal, just absolutely goring him. He needed to go to the hospital for it. Um, and there's actually evidence out there that this may have happened twice with two separate groups of people, uh, but the stories are a little conflated on that. But at least one time it happened, probably twice, someone tried to break in and steal something from the car and hurt themselves in the process and didn't get anything from the car. Uh, during an anti-speeding presentation at a local California high school, the little bastard allegedly fell off its display and broke a student's hip. Jesus Christ. Uh, while being stored in a garage in Fresno, California, the garage caught fire and everything inside it burnt down except for the little bastard, <laughs> which was largely undamaged beyond the damage that it was already caused <laughs> in the accident. Wild. Amazing. Amazing. That's incredible. Uh, while transporting the little bastard between a safety display and its home storage spot, a truck driver lost control of his vehicle, uh, but was luckily thrown clear of the wreckage, only to be crushed to death when the Porsche fell off the flatbed and rolled <laughs> over him anyway. Oh my god! That's not funny! That's not funny! That's then not funny another innocent person was killed in a separate accident involving the little bastard, which fell off a flatbed and just landed on his car and killed him. Oh my god, it's and the then final 19- destination! Yeah, and then in 1958, which by the way is only three years after this car, uh, was first destroyed. A third transport truck holding the little bastard smashed the windshield of the car parked downhill from it because while the guy was inside somewhere, the brakes in the car gave out in the and the truck gave out and the the whole big rig slid backwards and like smushed the front of the car behind it. Jesus Christ. And then finally, in nineteen fifty nine, after being put on display in New Orleans and strangely falling apart into eleven separate pieces just out of nowhere. The little bastard was allegedly loaded into a truck and shipped back to California, but neither the car or the truck carrying it were ever heard from since. It just disappeared? No one knows what happened to the truck. No one knows what, what? happened to the car. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've Barris, never heard the story before. I know. I know. <laughs> Barris, Barris, the uh, Batmobile guy, did keep one of the doors for himself, like back, like he'd, he'd always held it because it was like sort of undamaged and he thought it was a cool thing because it had the number on it and everything. Um, but in 2005, after much noise had been made about where the car was or who rightfully owned it, there is a museum in Illinois called the Volo Auto Museum, <clears throat> which issued a bounty on the car f- offering to buy it from whoever owned it and could say where it was for $1 million. Okay. So that's where the story stopped in 2005. <clears throat> and it stayed that way for 10 years until randomly in 2015, uh, there was this 47-year-old dude from Washington State called Sean Riley, uh, and he started going through some psych- psychological counseling. Okay. And he apparently had always been troubled by a weird scar that was on his finger um, that he'd had for almost as long as he could remember, but he had no idea where the scar came from, right? So he always was like, where the fuck did I get this scar? Like, why do I have this on my finger? Like, what happened? Um, However, one day while he was in a therapy session, he started to remember that in 1974, his dad, who was a carpenter, Took him along on some job he was working on back when this kid was only six years old, okay? At an undisclosed building, which according to Sean Riley's lawyer, uh, still existed at least in 2015 when this was happening. Uh, though he was perfect, he was purposely holding back the location uh, because of the million dollar reward. <clears throat> so like he literally, like after he like had this like regressive dream or whatever... He literally got a lawyer to, like, speak for him because he was so worried about this. Jesus. He remembered that he and his father met with several men about a wrecked sports car, which he thinks could have been the little bastard, and that it was hidden behind a wall in the building they were in. And he remembers seeing the car and looking at it and checking it out and getting cut on his finger when he went in to explore the car wreckage. (laughs) It's like Star Wars. If you line up the scar on your finger with the crescent moon on the hill in North California, it'll lead you to the forgotten wreck of James Dean's vehicle. 
dude. But here's the crazy thing, okay? Because the 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 one thing that he like, the most surprising thing about this like weird regressive dream is that he thinks that one of the dudes that was there, talking about the car, could actually have been none other than George Barris, the Batmobile guy. Again, that's so right? weird. So now, just in case you think that that is total horseshit, that that guy just like made that up to like make some kind of weird million dollar power play. That story was actually, it actually passed an impartial lie detector test that was carried out uh, by the Volo Auto Museum, totally impartially, and they made it very clear to all parties involved that they still want to buy the car for a million dollars. Okay, so this guy came out of the woodwork in like September of 2015, which weirdly is like 50 years after the death of James Dean. Mm. <clears throat> they are 60 years, actually. Um they they it's so weird okay so how do how do i describe this <laughs> so the director of the museum said that even though for years everybody's been like oh the barris family owns this car that's just been sort of the general wisdom because he bought the car back when the wreck happened in the 50s right uh but according to the director from the museum nobody including barris has been able to produce a single document providing like proving that anyone owns the car and that's just where the story has totally languished right um however one thing that's worth mentioning is that of all the parties gunning for this car and being like i own it whatever because basically the guy knows he can't get any money for it right mm -hmm. the, the guy who had the therapy session he knows that he's not the owner of the car so he's maybe trying to work something out with the person who does own the car so that he can get a piece of whatever kind of money's coming their way. Mm. But he's waiting because there's like all this squabbling over who that person actually is. And now another guy came out, a lawyer who is representing Dr. Eskrid, who was the guy, the doctor who survived the race Jesus where the two Christ. guys got in car accidents. And since according to him, ownership of the little bastard was always registered to the engine plate and not a plate on the chassis like most cars. He, when he bought the piece that he bought from the car, he actually bought the plate oh that my had the God. registration number on it. <laughs> what a so he believes fuck. that he that he actually owns the car. So there's no so there's no solution there. Nothing has happened for five years. Nobody knows where the car is for sure. Nobody knows anything except for where this one door is, right? Uh, but before you think that the car is only physically dangerous and simply involved in a bunch of freak accidents. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah? The last thing, the last thing I wanted to take a look at uh, before we go today. Was the ghost of the car. No, no. Was was some stuff that happened to some of the people who stepped in and tried to warn Dean of the evil aura of the little bastard. We're going to do a little catch up on, on, on what happened to some of these people. So Nick Adams, remember this guy, the TV cowboy who confided into Dean that he was worried about the little bastard killing him? Yeah. He actually ended up dubbing some of James Dean's lines in Giant that he didn't get to film because they were, like, finished with principal photography. But the, the movie was still in post-production when he died. Damn. So this guy stepped in and did some of the lines. And it was weird because after that happened, he started, like, getting obsessed with the accident himself. And he was often seen posing with fans at the grave, and he'd he'd write articles in like James Dean fan magazines, and he had all these weird stories where he was getting stalked by fans, um, and he told reporters that he'd taken up James Dean's racing hobby, uh, and there's a quote from him from him that said, "I became a highway delinquent. I was arrested nine times in one year. They put me on probation, but I kept on racing nowhere." Isn't that crazy? Uh, eventually in 1968, he was found dead in his home under extremely mysterious Jeez. circumstances with sources claiming it was everything from an accidental overdose, a la like Heath Ledger kind of thing, uh, to a murder hit that was intended to keep him from publishing a book of closeted gay Hollywood secrets. Because apparently that dude was like super gay and was into the whole like underground Hollywood gay scene at the time. And so, you know, if somebody like that's going to publish a book talking about all the people that he saw and stuff, you know, maybe somebody want to hush him up, but. It's another mystery. Um, and then uh, that's it for Nick Adams. But shortly after Dean died, tabloids printed stories alleged, uh, alleging that Vampira, uh, Nermi Malia, Myla, had been practicing black magic out of a shrine in her bathroom and that she cursed James Dean for rebuking her by cutting out pictures of his eyes and ears and sticking them on her living room wall with a ritualistic dagger 
and that the knife didn't fall out of the wall until the moment James Dean died. This was likely not true. Okay. Uh, <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> you don't uh, say. But according, uh, yeah, well, according to her website, uh, that's not true, and that she became the target of obsessive fans because of it, and that she like tried to commit suicide because of it. <clears throat> but I don't know, because, uh, because here's the thing that's weird about this. He died in September. He's, he died on September 30th, right? That Halloween, one month later, uh, Vampira was photographed with her boyfriend at a Halloween party, uh, and her date was dressed exactly like James Dean, had like his jacket, had his glasses, had his haircut, but he was like totally bandaged up like a corpse, like a mummy, like he was dead, because she was making a joke on the fact that she used to date James Dean, and now he's uh, dead. Okay. But like, isn't that like fucking weird? Yeah, a little bit. A um, <laughs> little bit. And it was a matter of public record that she'd sent him a postcard of herself sitting next to an open grave with the text, Darling, come and join me. And oh. obviously she is Vampira, so it's like part of her stick. Yeah. But like, there's like, you know, it's it's weird. It's a weird thing. Like, I'm not saying she tried to curse James Dean or anything like that, but she definitely wasn't like just some person who was trying to like do right by him. You know what I mean? There's some... She was making a joke about it. You know, there's like some weirdness there. Uh, but she was Vampira, you know, could be just that she's twisted. Uh, and then finally, I want to talk about uh, the passenger again, Rolf Wutherick, who again, remember, tried to convince Dean to drive slower that day. He also developed severe psychological problems, depression, suicidal tendencies, alcoholism, he was plagued by stories of James Dean fans committing suicide when they heard James Dean died. Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, he'd get letters from people telling him it was his fault for years. So it fucked him up really bad. He had four marriages, and though the first one ended before uh, the accident for other reasons, just like sometimes marriages fall apart, the second marriage actually ended because his wife accused him of killing James Dean. And he got so upset by it that he became violent and was committed to a psych ward. Damn. He came out, he went through a whole other marriage, and then he tried to stab his fourth wife, Doris, to death while he was while she was sleeping in 1967 uh, while he was trying to do a murder-suicide again. <clears throat> so he went back into an institution for three more years in 1970, and then after that, he worked for 11 years as a mechanic and a rally navigator um, until 1981... He just put the whole James Dean thing behind him until 1981 when he signed a 20,000 mark contract uh, for a German TV show about the death of James Dean. But he never got to film it because the same month that he signed the contract, he died in a very similar car accident of his own at the age of 53 where he was pinned in his own car with a broken neck and he died. Jesus, man. And that is the story of the little bastard. Was it an evil car? Was it a the coincidence? Fact that, honestly, uh, even, I mean, even if you don't believe in any of the paranormal stuff, the fact that pieces of that car were involved in wrecks and it goes missing and all those other nonsense it is wild alone. multiple the, people. The, the car itself. Bar, like, <laughs> just stripping away the paranormal, like, layer, the story itself is just fascinating on its own. Unbelievable. The guy who, like, got thrown free of the car and then, like, died anyway because the car came that, that, that car, that car, that was, in my mind, it was just Final Destination. I just, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the th look, I... I think this is a fascinating story. I'm going to poo-poo a little bit and just say, uh, during the 50s, a lot of terrible car accidents happened. And also things happened in cars. And this one is just, it happened, you know, it's known. It's a famous car. But other things happened. I will say that uh, my favorite trope of, like, accidents is he was he was thrown free and then he died 30 years later. Like, spoiler he was going to die eventually. <laughs> you know? He was going to die eventually, but he died. Like, he was like, his whole life was fucked up by it. His marriage fell apart because of James Dean. Sure. He said, but that okay, you know what? Though. I'll talk about James Dean again. And then he died <laughs> the same month. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, wow. it's fa it's a fascinating story. But if I really tried, I could, like, be a dick about it and be like, let me destroy this. But, like, it's best fun. Guess, it's a fun story. Best guess what story. happened to the car? Uh, best guess is in transit. Well, they tried to. They, it was 1959, yeah. 1959. The car was in pieces. Yeah, it was like I mean, shipped if, like you know private shipment. You can't like ship a car like sure FedEx. It was yeah. it a, my guess would be like a scam. Like it was they weren't like a real company and they Someone just probably took, took it. Yeah, I mean yeah, in the 50s, took an opportunity to snag it. Traveling from East Coast to West Coast was like an ordeal. 
Right. Like that, you Route 66, that thing, yeah. it would take days. And so there's area where there was nothing around. So I imagine you could easily just take it. But what? Who took it, and why, and where is it, and how well, come? Well, it was James Dean's prefer- magic death car. I'm sure someone out there was like, <laughs> "I must have it for my own." <laughs> Do you think uh, this story has any weight? Do you think that like a cabal of people hid it in a wall somewhere, and they're like waiting oh, for the perfect time? It, sure. it, I mean, like on the I surface, yeah, definitely. I can definitely see like a deal gone wrong or never going through fully because you know maybe they didn't know it was going to be stolen or something, and then that stuff happens all the time now, and usually it ends up in like the middle of Saudi Arabia or some shit. Like, I think yeah. this dude knows totally more true. than he lets on. I think I think the dude uh, who had the vision or whatever, the like psychiatry oh, vision. Yeah. I think he knows more than he let on. And I think we'll that's get a deathbed confession from someone that's like, "Hey, this is what actually happened." Now, one hundred percent will happen. It's, yeah. He's course. about to confess, and then like he gets run over by like yeah, a, a car hits car. him. <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you, you know. <laughs> that's a great story, Alex. Yeah, oh, hell yeah, fun one. Thank you, thank you. James um, Dean's evil murder car. Little bastard. I like it's the coming name. for you. It, it is could be coming. anywhere. Or we'll just Have buy. Have you guys it. seen Rubber? No. Nope. Yes. Great. Rubber is a movie about a tire that kills people. Great oh uh B horror film. Oh, yeah, it's okay. hilarious. That makes sense. It's definitely it's definitely a like 2 a.m. movie. I have a right. I have a light. I have a pink fluorescent light in my living room. That's a pink light movie for sure. Okay. It is a light uh, movie. <laughs> it's a, a good mystery science theater movie. style film. Ooh, yeah, those are yeah. fun. Those are really fun. Well, worth a watch. We're gonna go record a minode uh, for patrons. So go Bro, check where can that you get out. Those? Well, I think you can get over at a Chiluminati Pod Patreon Stop. at patreon.com slash And it's available right now, oh right God. at the end of this. Oh it's already just, live. If you want to just keep listening, Shameless. it's already live right Shameless. now for the fifteen dollar tier and above. And you don't even have to listen to any ads or anything. Nothing. Nothing at all. It's great. And God damn, that's for those deal. who want to know what it's like to get exclusive minisodes. Next week will be a minisode compilation of uh, yeah. four of the previous ones. However, there'll still be one or two ones that'll always be exclusive up for Patreon. For so, if you enjoy it, there's uh, there'll be two more waiting for you. you can jump. There's in and another listen. one that comes out the day of the of the oh. of the compilation oh upload. Exactly, oh it, it, it's glorious. It is glorious. That's it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, my God. You can go ahead and drop your stories and all that good stuff over at the subreddit, which is Chiluminati Pod. You can reach out to us on our social medias, myself at Mathis Games, Jesse at Jesse Cox, Alex at Faciane A, and the podcast itself at Chiluminati Pod. If you've been listening and enjoying, drop us a review wherever you listen to. It's uh, And please it, share your rabbit holes. More things like this, please. And tell your family and friends about it. Word of mouth is our strongest way of spreading, so let everybody know. That you have a really cool podcast that will convert them to a sweet opening of third eye knowledge. Something like that. Yep. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Peace.